0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. Why matters. So why are we here? Why are you here? And why does it matter? Right? If you know your meaning, if you know your purpose, if you know why you exist if you know what you're supposed to be doing on any given day or in any particular project, suddenly it changes the meaning behind it, right? And so uh, if, this is is the big one. Like asking the question why we exist is probably like the biggest question of life, right? And so I thought, man, let's, let's just tackle it during the Christmas season. I mean, we're celebrating and we're having good feelings. Let's just talk about why we even exist. And then why that matters, and, and so, but certainly, uh, if we could, if we could come up with a honest and truly meaningful answer to the why of life, then I would imagine that that would have a profound impact on the meaning of life, if in fact there is meaning to life. All right, so why don't we just dive in, right? Because here's, you're really forced with only two options. So here's the two options. The first one is really clear, right? Um, The first choice you have is that nothing existed and then suddenly nothing became everything or through time and chance, nothing became everything. And so let's just kind of play that out quickly to give you your first option. Um, There was nothing and then suddenly, light and energy erupted out of nothing, and through time and chance, that light and energy have formed into everything. Everything that is so complex that it, you could take the most um, intricate technological device that you have, or even that exists, and everything on the, on the planet, right? All of, all of the earth, all the universe, is far more complex than any device you've ever had access to, right? So all of that came from nothing. Nothing came out of, everything came out of nothing. And so here's the, here would be the meaning then behind that. If we came from nothing and there was nothing driving it, then there is no meaning. And so whether this is a big accident or not really does it matter. The point is life doesn't matter. In fact, you could take it a step further and say that the pursuit of meaning is meaningless. Any attempt to find meaning in life is literally meaningless. The other option would be this, that there is a real, eternal, all-powerful God who created everything. Now, he could have created everything out of nothing because this eternally existent God would have existed before everything and exists after everything because he always was and always will be, right? And so this invisible eternal God spoke and created everything. That's really your other alternative. And in fact, what you discover is that if that's true, it changes everything for everyone. And so I just want to kind of Push in on that because the Apostle Paul felt like it was really important to talk about the why behind this what. And uh, the thought was this the Apostle Paul writes a letter to kind of an insignificant church, a small church in a has been city. And and the reason why the Apostle Paul is writing them is he's saying basically they lost their glow, they lost their excitement, they lost their passion for life and for faith, and they settled into just religion, into the cold, empty rules of religion rather than the red-hot passion, (coughs) excuse me, of faith in God. And so he wants to kind of reignite something in them. He kind of wants to put a, a glow back in them, and so he writes them this letter, and in this letter, probably of all of the verses in the Bible, uh, in, in the letter to the Colossian church, the Apostle Paul articulates this incredible word picture um, to the church and, and really captures, captures for them this idea of who Jesus is and what he's done. And so I'm just going to jump in right there in, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1 and read a little bit of it to you. Um, as we're in this kind of Christmas season, I mean, what better person to focus on at Christmas than the person of Jesus? So this is what the Apostle Paul writes as he's trying to describe in a word picture Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created. Now we could just pause right there and I could preach an entire sermon just on that one statement. Because the idea that we were created by God. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not here uh, by just random uh, molecules coming together. You you are not just a cosmic ha- uh, ha- uh, happenstance. Uh, it, I don't care what your mom or dad intended. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. You are here because everything exists because God created it. Jesus intended for you to be right here in this moment. Okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me just, I said, we could pause right there, right? Uh, But through him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together this one passage is uniquely christian and it and it paints and he paints a uniquely christian perspective on the origins of the universe and he and he's, it's not an argument about facts right one of the things that you always have to be careful of when you're talking about origins is that people can fall into this debate of like science versus religion and this isn't about science versus religion or about faith versus facts, right? In fact, what it really comes down to is the lens you have of the evidence. It's how you interpret all of the evidence that's in front of us, right? And so one person interprets all of the evidence of the origins of the universe through a lens of the absence of God, while another interprets all of the evidence through a lens of God. One says, nothing just suddenly became everything while another through faith says there is a God who exists before all of this, who spoke into the nothingness and as a result of God, nothing formed into something. See, it's just your lens. And so the uniquely Christian perspective is that God was, is, and always will be that God created everything by design for a unique purpose. And purpose is what makes this uniquely Christian. There are other religions that believe that there there, there is a God who created, or gods that created, but the idea that God loves his creation and created it for purpose, and part of that purpose is to love and be loved by his creation is uniquely Christian. And so this allows you, during this Christmas season, to discover the why of your life, and then lean into that why and say, why do I exist and why does it matter? What you believe matters, and what you believe about matter, Matters. Right and, and matter is the universe, right? Like, so what I believe about what's visible affects my view of the invisible. And so how does this affect you? Well, I'm going to give you a, say, a statement, and then I want to spend the rest of the time just unpacking this for you. You were made for more. Amen. There it is. Now, I, man, I want to just pause because I feel like I could just camp in on that statement because for, this is so personal for me. This particular sermon uh, is, is kind of my story, what changed my entire life. I remember specifically, I was in college bio, studying evolution, I was wrestling with my faith, I grew up in a Christian home, but I was really at a place where I think the, the academics were pulling me in, and the study, you know, in science, and I was around people that were smart, and they were telling me, life has no meaning, and you know, and I'm struggling with this. And then I would go to church, and I. Maybe I was getting a little lost in religion. And I distinctly remember in college bio, starting to ask questions about how all of this stuff could have formed, and by the way, this isn't like a scientific argument, okay? It's just that my journey was that I came to a conclusion that a lot of the people that I went to church with, they don't believe what they say they believe because if they actually believed it, it would change their lives. And then I realized that my professor and a lot of my classmates, who believed that nothing became everything, they believed a lot more by faith than a lot of people I knew that believed in God, because they just accepted it blindly. It didn't make sense even to them, but they just had to accept it by faith. And when I, when I came to this place, I realized that if you believe that nothing just became everything for no reason, then life has no meaning. And I started scratching my head and saying, then why does anybody even get out of bed? It's like we're all searching for meaning even though we believe it's meaningless. Now, if you're, if you're having a hard time following my train of thought, look, I was in high school. It doesn't have to make all sense. But for me, what I realized was that if, if there is no design, then there is no meaning. It's meaningless. It's nothing. And if nothing, then I don't even know why we do this. And I was having this kind of um, I don't know, existential like crisis, you know, like going, what is going on here? And then I went, wait, but if there is a God, and he created, and he designed, then that's why I'm here. And I better start living on purpose. And that turned my life around and see what I, what I discovered what I discovered and you and you maybe you've discovered this but what I see in this passage is that the more you were made for is worship. You are designed by God to make much of God. Everything about you wants to worship. It wants to find meaning and then worship it wants to find meaning, and and it your everything in you knows that the meaning behind your life is worship. But if you take God out of the wor- out of the center of the object of worship, then you find something to worship. You just start worshiping, right? And when you worship anything outside of God, it's misplaced love. God is the only one worthy of that level of love, that level of. Adoration. And so when you put that kind of love and that kind of adoration on anything else, we destroy the objects of our worship. So some, they put the worship on themselves. They make themselves their God and they begin to worship themselves and they pursue pleasure and passion and their own interests and they get consumed with selfishness. Or they put the object of their worship on someone else and they destroy that person because they raise the expectations to an impossible level. Some of you, you've done that to others, and you're frustrated because you expect so much because you're worshiping that person. You've misplaced love that does, that belongs only on God, and you put it on somebody else, and you're wrecking their life, or you put it on something. Maybe it's um, an addiction, or a hobby, or a habit, or. Maybe it's work, and what you've found is that you're always frustrated because it's never enough, because misplaced love will always leave you disappointed. And so what happens is this. We were meant, we were made, the more we were made for is worship. And we were meant to have God at the center of our life. And when you have God at the center of your life, he holds everything together. Right, that's uh, the apostle Paul is writing. That he says in Colossians chapter one verse seventeen, he goes, "He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together." So when I worship rightly, and God is at the center, God is holding my life together. Which which also means that if God is not at the center of my life, and He's not holding my life together, my life is falling apart. And so if you've ever found yourself where your life feels like it's falling apart, it could be because you don't have proper worship of Jesus, where Jesus is holding life together. And every one of us are bent toward worshiping something else beside God because there's a, 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 a force inside of us called sin that drives us away from God toward not worshiping God, toward not loving God. And when we don't love God and worship God, we love other things. We misplace love and we begin to worship other things. It wrecks us, it it corrupts us, and it leads toward a spiritual ruin, a spiritual forever death. And that's, that's the ultimate crisis. That's the ultimate problem is that misplaced love wrecks our life and leads to a forever far from God. But God, this is the great part, right? But God, he loves us so much that he refused to leave those he loved and created alone by themselves, headed toward ruin. And so God intervened in our story. He didn't just make us, he comes to us. So the whole world that he created, he loves. He created it perfect. And then that world ruined itself. I we wrecked it. Because we rejected God. God, is, he doesn't just wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. He says, no, I love you so much that I'm willing to rescue you. Well, how does he rescue? He becomes one of his own. The very ones that he created. And that's the story of Christmas, right? That God leaves heaven to come to earth. He enters into his creation and the very world he created rejected him and killed him by design, because Jesus had to die to give his life to pay the penalty for our sin, eternal judgment. So he dies in our place, gives his life to give us life. And then he rises from the dead, so that in his resurrection, he gives us victory over sin, he gives us victory over death, and he gives us eternal life with him. That's the gift of God. That's the not only the beauty of Christmas, but that's the beauty of Jesus, right? That we were made for more, but we abandoned that more to pursue our own love interests. And so God had to come rescue us from sin by becoming one of us to bring us back to him. And when he brings us back to him or invites us back to him, then we recapture the why. And why matters, doesn't it? Why you exist matters. So w- let's, let's go back to this verse and just talk for a moment. Okay, so he goes... Uh, He he created everything. He's before everything. In him, all things are held together. The point is that uh, you and I were made to worship. You were intricately designed by God to worship. Worship is anything you do that makes God smile. Another way to say it is anything that pleases God. And so you were designed by God to obey him, to worship him. So I love this picture. If you go back to the very beginning, when there was nothing, God speaks into the nothingness. And nothingness obeys and becomes something. In that moment, when the nothingness started forming into somethingness, nothing was worshiping God. You get it? Imagine that. God, Only God can make nothing worship him. When, it, when nothing becomes something. And so if you've got nothing left, if you've got, I got nothing to give, I got nothing. I, God, I'm like the little drummer boy. I, I got nothing to give. You know, like, isn't that the lyrics? Um, um, if you've got no finances, you've got no resources, maybe emotionally you're draining. You feel like, I got nothing left. Yeah. Good. Then God can speak into the nothingness. And if your nothingness will obey God, he can turn it into worship. Okay. But here's the thing. All of creation was designed to worship God. And it finds its deepest meaning and deepest significance as it worships God. The idea of making much of God. Every day. Every moment of every day is a gift for you to leverage in worship of God. Your life, your why is worship of God, making much of God. And what happens is as you begin to turn a day into an opportunity to worship, something ignites inside of you. When you turn a commute, into an opportunity for worship. When you turn a moment of discipline in your home with your kids, trust me, this happens a lot in my home, but imagine you could turn that moment into worship. If I'm being obedient to God, then it's worship. So if I'm disciplining my children rightly according to God's word, then this is an act of worship. You can, you can worship God with your spouse. You can worship God with your giving. You can worship God in the workplace. But the, the key here is this, that you were made to worship. That's the more you were made for. You were, you were created by design. You were crafted by design. Every part of who you are. So here's the thing. Uh, um, you know, like if you take an instrument on the stage, if they were living creatures, right? They're not the same. They're different Right? So the the drum set can't look at the keyboard and be like, man, I'm so inadequate because I don't have any keys. Or the keyboard is all frustrated because it can't make the cymbal sound, right? Like what happens is we get trapped in the lies of comparing ourselves with others and we're robbing God of glory because we're not playing the instrument we were designed, right? We're not doing our part. We're We're not making this sound we were uniquely made to sound. If you would recognize that every part of you, every aspect of your story, your experience, your education, your personality was designed by God for worship. So you don't have to wallow in insecurity or in self-doubt. You don't have to be self-loathing. You also have to be careful not to get trapped in self-worship, right? I was made to worship God. Now, here's the thing. I want to give you a second part of this, right? He goes like this, verse 16. All things have been created through him and for him. This is the idea of everything exists by God's design, but it also exists for God's purpose. You were made by God for God. Because I was made by God, I am God's. I'm God's creation. Man, for some of you, that would be life-changing if you had simply... Just accept that deep in your heart. I was designed by God. I was crafted by God. I am, here's the thing, right? If you you go back to what you believe about matter matters, either everything is meaningless or a miracle. It's either an accident or destiny. And, and so, if you get trapped in the lie of believing I'm here by accident, then your life starts to feel meaningless. But the moment you start to say, I was created by God, then you start to lean in and say, my life has purpose. My life has significance. My life has destiny. My life has design. And the moment I start to embrace that I was designed by God, that I say I was designed by God, I was designed for God. God, what do you want to do with my life? God, what do you wanna do with today? What do you wanna do with this relationship? How do you wanna use my finances for your glory? This is the Christmas glow up, right? That our life begins to worship God. And that's what the apostle Paul is calling the church of Colossae back to. He said, you've lost your passion. You've lost your fire. You've settled down into the cold religion rather than red hot passion of faith in God, where you believe that he created you. And because he created you, your life has meaning and significance. You were made by God for God. And the Apostle Paul's hope was that this would ignite something in this church and cause it to begin to glow again. Glow with fire and I, 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 one of the things I hope is that during this Christmas season, your life begins to glow with passion and significance, and part of that is by coming back to the why. Why am I even here? And so, let me give you, you know, a couple thoughts on this. A fish, when it does what a fish is supposed to do in obedience to God, it's worshiping God. Rocks, when they obey God, worship God. The planets and stars and sun, when it does what it's supposed to do, when they, when, they, uh, when they rotate and move according to God's design, they're worshiping God. The All of creation is worshiping God. In fact, the only thing in all of creation that can steal worship from God is you and I. And that's because God designed us with free will. We're the unique ones that were given a gift. The, the sun doesn't decide where it's going to move. The earth doesn't decide how it's going to spin, how it's going to rotate, or how it's going to revolve around the sun. It does what it was designed to do, and that's worship. But you and I, we have the free will opportunity to choose to worship. And, and so what helps you lean into choosing to worship? When I recognize I was made by God for God. And when I begin to remind myself of that, then I choose in my free will to give my life as an act of worship to God. So a couple suggestions. Anytime I talk about worship, I try, to, I try to bring it back to this idea that it's bigger than music. It's more than a song. That, that We can worship with songs, and we do this as a church. We sing, we have lyrics, we, we have a band that invites us to worship. But worship is more than a song and it's more than lyrics. Worship is anything you do that pleases God. Anything you do that makes God smile. So, a couple tips. Worship is focusing our attention on God. Look, you can put your focus on a lot of things, can't you? Some of you, you throw yourself into distractions, addictions, hobbies. You get consumed with something. And so worship is focusing my attention on God. So carve time out of your day to put your full attention on God. Not only is our attention a tool for worship, but our affection. So worship is also expressing affection to God, right? Like this is, this is the idea of saying, God, I love you, or, or giving God our love. I pray over our kids. God, help them to love you with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, with all their strength. That's the idea of focusing or, or expressing my affection to God. God, I, I love you. I want my whole life to worship you. God, would you use my skills? My, would you use my strength? God, would, would you take my heart and would you receive love from me? God, I wanna, I wanna give you my affection. How, how could you express your affection to God. And then finally, worship is using your abilities for God. So that's the, that's the skills, that's your mind, that's your talents. God, how can I, how can I take these abilities, these skills, these uh, tools that you've given me and use them for you? We have a place in the church where you could use your abilities. But when you go to work, you don't stop worshiping. Turn your workplace into a place of worship. Turn your, turn your service into a service to God. And, and see, what right, you use your abilities for God. One of, the, one of the most dangerous things, in fact, you could say the most dangerous thing you could ever do in life, is focus your worship on anyone or anything but God. You were made to worship. You were made for more. And, and in every one of us, there is this pull to love this pull to worship but the moment you put your worship on anything or anyone but God you'll hurt it'll wreck you and it'll wreck others so why not return to that place of giving God his rightful worship what better time than christmas than to get back into that glowing passion of putting your full worship on God look you are made for more and if you've got nothing to offer, God can turn that nothingness into worship through obedience. Would you just be obedient to God? Maybe you've been far from God, but as you start thinking about your choice between living a life that was create that was nothing and no meaning or it was designed by God, which means you have significant meaning and significant purpose. Today you're saying by faith, I believe that God designed me, he chose me, he created me, which means I was made for worship. But don't you hoard your worship? Don't you be selfish with your worship and putting it on yourself? You were made to worship. And so how can you express that worship to God during this Christmas season? Can I encourage you? I want to take a moment right now. And I just want to pray over you. and. and as I pray over you, I'm going to invite you, regardless of where you are, whether you're joining us online, you're joining us at uh, Chambersburg campus, you're here right now, I want to invite you, would you stand with me? And I'm going to, I'm going to pray over you, and I'm just going to say, God, would you help every one of us to truly live to worship you? We were made for more, we were made with meaning, we were made with purpose, and God, we want to come back to that purpose by worshiping you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you loved us so much that you did not abandon us. You didn't just destroy it and start over again. But God, you loved us enough to rescue us. God, because we know that we were made by design, we have destiny. Our life is not meaningless, it's a miracle. We're not an accident. God, you made us on purpose. So, God, we know that the reason we exist is to worship you. So, God, would you receive our life? Would you receive our love? Would you receive our attention, affection, and our abilities? It's an act of worship right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.